Hey folks, Dustin here. Just a quick heads up. You are about to listen to an episode of Music the Lightblood's Conversations from the Pit. But I want to tell you guys real quick that Conversations from the Pit is a video show as well. It's a visual thing. And if you would rather go watch the video version of it so you can see all the graphics and cool little pictures I drop in throughout the episode, go check that out. But... If you're driving, maybe you're at the gym and you want to listen to it, I'll continue to make the audio version of Conversations from the Pit available as well. So if video is your thing, you might want to go check out the YouTube. All right, that's it. Here comes the episode. Hey, folks, Music the Lightblood is not a politically correct content maker. So the following episode might have some colorful and or explicit commentary on the subject at hand. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. Do you guys know Rob Halford likes dudes? Did you guys? <laughs> no. What? For real? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned yourself into another episode of Music the Lightblood's Conversations from the Pit. I am your very humble host, Dustin. Join with me, as always, the butter to my biscuit. It's John Carter. Carter, how are things? <laughs> Buttery, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then also making a making a shocking return, the triumphant return, if you will. <laughs> a welcome it's, return. A welcome return, yeah. It's the sequel that everyone wanted. <laughs> it's music the lightblood's own roving reporter reporter my older brother derek derek yes sir <laughs> all I'm right good. so carter what are we talking about um screaming for for vengeance probably arguably their best album uh, according to a lot of people yeah uh, by by judas priest the big one right i think I think, I think that's a good way to put it it's the album i guess it's the one that's sort of most present in in everyone's mind as far as you know uh big you know water uh earmark you know moments as far as metal goes this is the album mm-hmm. so quick hot take derek because you're not you're not like an uber judas priest fan the way that right. Uh, probably Carter and I are. I think, I think I'm probably the most devoted fan out of the three of us. I'm guessing. But quick, quick hot take, because um, you got to dive into this the last couple of days. Where, where are you at on this? Uh, it's super great, front to back. It's a great album. Um, there were a couple of songs on here that I wasn't real familiar with, uh, particularly "Pain and Pleasure," that uh, I really, really love. 
Yeah, you texted me earlier today. Said that I think you said the guitar solo was tits. Yeah, <laughs> guitar solo is tits for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it's not one of my favorite songs on there. Yeah, uh, I well, I I'm not. I'm sure at some point I'd heard that song, but I wasn't very familiar with it. I listened to it. I listened to the album probably four times today, all the way through. And um, that that song, I, I I like it. Added it to my to my favorites. So right on. Okay, that one stuck out. The rest of them, I was I was at least familiar with. So when we did when we did the class of '85 uh, episode a couple episodes back, so go flip back in the queue. We talked about Rat Dawkins and Motley Crue. Um, the what I call the class of '85. So this was the, this was registering, but not as strong with with your group of people at that time when it came out, right? Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Judas Priest was, they were, they were there. We were listening to them, but uh, the bands like Rat and Cinderella and crew had always, they had just got shot into the starlight. And so that's, that's Priest was kind of, they were there for sure, but none of us were. Carter, do you, do you remember seeing another thing coming on MTV? Mm -hmm. How far back do you remember? I mean, there's a certain area from, from uh, in my youth from about, like, first grade to fifth grade where I don't I don't know exactly where this stuff happened. You know what I'm saying? It's sure. like, because, like we said on the Motley Crue episode, I got, in, I got into stuff about a year or two late after it had been out for a while, and I'm like, you know, I have no idea. You know, so um, I remember seeing that, like, with, like, the, um, with, like, the Breaking the Law video. And the heading out to the highway video sure. and stuff like that, just kind of like on MTV and you know, and night flight and stuff like that. So, I honestly always thought that um, that uh, another thing coming was on British Steel for the longest mm. time. before before I ever owned a copy of um, Screaming for Vengeance. I thought it was on because I bought British Steel. I've actually been more into Priest of the past ten years than I was growing up, but I liked them back then. Um, you know, I, I liked. Ram it down and defenders of the faith and painkiller and stuff like that. But like, I didn't really go back that far and you'd always hear all the tracks all the time off of British steel. Cause that was sure. like a big breakout. So honestly, I really didn't know what was on what, unless I, you know, I knew painkiller front to back, like in 1990 when it came out, yeah. but then, it, but then they're of course kind of like, I'm, I'm assuming kind of in the same vein of, of like what dust uh, with the Derek's talking about with his group of friends, you were into certain things and there was less of a propensity to kind of go back 10 years or five, five to 10 years and yeah. kind of re revisit stuff because you were into what was going on right then. Right. So I missed out on like, um, uh, you know, um, sta stained glass or sorry, stained glass and, uh, um, you know, hell for leather and all that. And I didn't get into priest until, um, the Johnny B good video. Oh like, my God. Are you kidding? That was, that was like when I was super into metal, right. When that came out, that was the, what was on MTV all the time. And I'm like, okay, I saw the stage diving in the video and stuff right. like that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is like the cows, cowboys from hell video. This is like, <laughs> you know, this is like the fucking piece of me skid row video. There's stage diving and people with, you know, with mohawks and shit like that. You know, right, so right. it was just kind of, like I got, I got it however I could, you know what I mean? Right. But, uh, um, I just, I would always hear that song. And I always thought it was on, on British steel and I never had an aversion to British steel, but it's just kind of like, okay, I want, you know, I want painkiller, you know, going forward. But like yeah. I said, over the past like five to 10 years, I've 
it's cool. I've become a way bigger priest fan and I love it because I love going back and digging into stuff I missed out on, you know? Right. I mean, with British steel for me, it's, it's not one of the ones I, I don't go for that one. Whenever, whenever I put it on, it's instantly rapid fire and, um, uh, grinder. That's immediately, Ooh. that's immediately what I'm going to listen to. I thought, you know, I thought grinder was, was on, um, hellbent for leather. Okay. All right. See, yeah. uh, like I said, it blur it blurs for me. But, I know. Uh, well, I think I think you're 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 in the ballpark that I you probably thought that it was on British Steel. Um, because where did you say? Did you say Hellbent for Lever? You thought you thought it was on British Steel, right? I, I thought Grinder was on Hellbent, and I thought that another thing coming was on. Okay. British Steel. All right. So other way around. Grinder makes sense to me because the production is real similar. Mm-hmm. Between between those two albums, especially like Hellbent for Leather, Hellbent for Leather too. If you can get a UK copy of it, because it's also Killing Machine. Mm-hmm. It was it was released as Killing Machine here in the states, but it's Hellbent for or uh, Killing Machine elsewhere. Hellbent for Leather here terrestrially, and if you can get a UK pressing of that, because I think the mastering hadn't traveled, the master hadn't you know crossed the globe yet. And I think those UK copies of Killing Machine are a bit hotter of a mix and master on them. They okay. just they they hit the needle a bit harder than what we got here in the states. But I'd like to hear it on Japanese at some point. But I've never been able to. I've never came across the copy that I felt like was a good investment. But but yeah, sonically, I mean that makes a hundred percent sense, you know, especially with the way you and I are picky about production sound and stuff like that. So, yeah. but whatever. Okay, all right, we're uh, we're gonna get into the you know the heat of it later. But you know, before we hit the meat and potatoes, uh, here's a quick little advert to remind you about the the what is it? Or what are we calling it? The MTLB Ultra Mega Value Exchange. Mm-hmm. I regret putting Ultra Mega in front of everything. Because it makes it a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you, when, when you when you start to say value, I think you're going to say value meal. Every time. Uh, so well, it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, check this out so you guys know what's going on with the MTLB Ultra Mega Value Exchange. Hey kids, this is your old buddy, the devil. I just wanted to. Call a timeout from burning all these souls into eternal damnation. And let you guys know that if you don't want to go to hell, you should probably join the MTLB Ultra Mega Militia. You can do that by taking part in the MTLB Ultra Mega Value Exchange. You see, you get all of this free MTLB content, and then you get to decide what it's worth to you. And then you exchange that value with Music to Lifeblood. So if it's going to be money, you want to go the money route and be like, this fucking episode is worth $10. Sweet. All you got to do is PayPal that over to Music to Lifeblood at gmail.com. Or you can do reoccurring installments at patreon.com backslash Music to Lifeblood. You know, kind of like you were dating. It's a regular sort of thing. You don't want to be like all these guys. Because they're going to fucking burn in hell for the rest of eternity. 
And you guys don't want to burn in hell for eternity. But also, if you ain't got money right now, you can just share some music to lifelike content on social media. That'll be fun. That'll keep you out of hell. And if you guys do take part in the MTLB Ultra Mega Value Exchange, you'll be a part of the MTLB Ultra Mega Militia. That'll probably get you into heaven. You can go hang out with my old buddy, Jesus, and his dad. They're pretty fun. They like to have a good time. They probably listen to Cannibal Corpse and Skeleton Witch. Have big old parties. Well, I'm down here with all these other guys that didn't take part in the MTLB Ultra Mega Value Exchange. Poking them with pitchforks and burning their toes and throwing hot lava on their faces, I guess. Anyway, stay out of hell. Take part in the MTLB Ultra Mega Value Exchange so you can be part of the MTLB Ultra Mega Militia. Alright. Hopefully I won't be seeing you guys later. Alright, Derek, we know that you like pain and pleasure. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I knew you were gonna ask me something like that. Uh for, well, I think well, I didn't know I, I hadn't know heard it. it. I didn't know if it was gonna hint at some sort of like weird, like latent sadomasochistic vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the reason. <laughs> Uh, I I think mostly because it kind of felt new to me more than anything. Probably I I, I wasn't familiar with it, and um, it, it was a good song. And, and the solo in that song was really really good. I, I liked that. Right on. I think the the twin the twin soloing was in full effect by this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think the catalog skews towards Glenn because Glenn's the boss of the band, sure. um, and I think I. I am not saying KK Downing is not a good guitar player. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. However, <laughs> I do think that Glenn has um has a has a bit more skill than what KK does. And I uh, think a, hi a higher level of mastery. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think you can't like Good Lord. If you watch just Glenn Tipton, you can fucking watch him eat a bowl of Cheerios, you know, and it's just like, do you see what he's doing with his hands? <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I, know, I noticed when I was uh, watching Live Vengeance today that like Tipton, he his his hands would be moving like almost kind of like as, as they weren't part of his his body when his body's doing other shit. And he, he would have the guitar up on his chest and he'd be doing like palm muted chugs. And it would just be so freaking precise and mechanical, yeah, but like, but yeah. in a good way, right? And then every once in a while he'd jump and he'd just kind of do this little, ooh, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm, I jump and then he, it wouldn't miss a beat. And then KK was all over the stage more in comparison. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah. And it's funny because yeah. like I tend to like, okay, I've always thought of KK as the Carrie King of Judas Priest and Glenn as the Jeff Hanneman, you know, because, <laughs> okay. because I mean, because I mean, you know, it's, you know, just like you were saying, like KK, you know, sloppy is a bad word for it. He's, he's a, a little bit, you know, he's a little bit more loose. wild and loose, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I, I loved it because as two guitar players that are playing like in, you know, in tandem and, and playing harmonies, they're both two different types of guys and it's really cool. And, you know, you can definitely tell that their approach influenced so many bands after that. Oh, good God. I love it. Like Jesus criminy. It's so weird though, because so Rockerola is released in 74. Mm -hmm. So that puts them like, that's their proto metal at that point. Yeah. You know, then, you know, Uriah Heap, Steppenwolf get involved. And then all of a sudden it starts changing. But the, the strange thing to me is like, we're talking about two guys that played with each other in excess of 30, 30 years, right? 30, 30 some. Cause KK left in 2011, I think. So 74 to 2011, however many years that is. I would say almost what that's about 38 years. Maybe? Yeah. That's, it might be 40. I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. But it's so interesting to him because once you get the, the, the new wave of British heavy metal, you know, by the point that that happens, because I don't think anybody considers Judas Priest a new Wobbum band. You know, you can get by, you can get away with calling Motorhead a new Wobbum band. You know, obviously Iron Maiden, Saxon, uh, Angel Witch, all those bands. But it's so strange to me because I still consider Black Sabbath and Priests as peers. You know, they're they're in the same peer group because. It just makes sense because of the Birmingham sound, the Midland sound that everybody talks about, you know, because it comes from Sabbath and it comes from Priest. Yeah. And I think that, John, you and I have talked about this a lot on uh, Conversations from the Pit. And Derek, I know you and I have went over it, you know, at some point in the past that, uh, that Sabbath is heavy, but Priest is metal. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I don't. I do not think I I think we give too much credit to Sabbath in the creation of metal. And I don't think we give enough to priest, but I think we don't give enough credit to Sabbath in the creation of heavy. You know, because I, I think I think Sabbath is the one that dialed that sound in. And this is real similar to the Bathory Venom Venom argument when it comes to black metal. I think that pretty clearly Venom created black metal and Bathory retooled it to what we would understand it to be today. And yeah. I, think it's, I think it's almost the same thing with Sabbath and Priest. Because, it, I mean, you think of when it comes to Screaming for Vengeance, you, the, the, clo the closest in, you know, peer-wise with Sabbath is you have Mob Rules and then you have Born Again coming from the Sabbath camp around the time that Screaming for Vengeance was released. So, eh, you know, mm -hmm. it's, I, I, it's hard because you feel like you're splitting hairs, but at the same time, too, like, I don't think Sabbath created heavy metal. Well, do you think okay. when it comes to the new wave of British heavy metal thing, do you think in order to be included in that, you have to be a new band that started, you know, in the, in the late, in the early 80s out of England or a band that's been around for a while that built 
um, built built that. You know what I mean? That there, you know, because I mean, I've always kind of thought about that. Because yeah, there was bands like you know, like like you said, uh, Diamond Head, Saxon, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Angel Witch, and that. But those bands started like 78, 79, 80, You know what I mean? Even Def Leppard, right? Yeah. And then, but you can Iron definitely Maid. tell. The, yeah, Iron for Maid for too. sure. Yeah. And those guys were those guys were into uh priest and and sabbath um you know and even uriah heap like you mentioned and even thin lizzy you know the, the the as bands that kind of influenced what they were doing and motorhead started in 75 so they were into them as well so you could kind of say that there was kind of like the proto metal and then there was like the pre-new album and then there, and there was the new album you yeah know? yeah i don't i don't think it i don't think the qualifier is that you had to have been a young band around that time okay. i think the I think the the point of delineation within the Judas Priest catalog is 1978. Sure. And it's the it's the difference in the first part of the year with Staying Class, and then the back half of the year with Killing Machine, Hellbent for Leather. Those both came out in 78. Yeah. Yeah. Holy they were, shit! They were extremely busy that year, man. Wow. in the new wave of british heavy metal i think do you consider the scorpions to be a new wobbum band no because they're german right but <laughs> yeah you, you know but you know what i mean they get they get lumped in with all those other well, bands those guys those guys grew up listening to the um the, the early shit with uh what uh what's that guys um you know the, the dude that came in that was in there before shanker uh the super legendary uh yuli john ross oh uli yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like he was the '70s Scorpions dude, yeah. and th- those kids were all listening to that, right? And that Derek, because you're the gray beard in the group, <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're the oldest in the group. Did did anything prior to Love at First Sting land? Were you were you guys no. were you aware of it? No. No, not until Love for Sting came out, and then we started to go back and find older shit. Okay, we found out who this was. So probably Blackout, and then probably Love Drive, if I had to guess. But nothing, but nothing prior to that. So anything before Matthias Jabs is 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 just not is just not blipping on the radar, at least at least here in the states. And I think that the neat thing about having Derek in the conversation is that Derek's a good barometer for what was happening in the country at that time, because Derek was moving and beating with like the exposure of, of MTV and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. I just don't, I, yeah, I don't consider except scorpions, even witch cross. I don't consider those bands to be part of the new Wobbum, but they sure as hell sound a lot like them. The thing of it is, from our perspective, being guys, you know, that grew up in in the states, this stuff is coming out, 
at the same time that all the new album stuff is coming out. So yeah, there's a really good chance that you're going to lump all that in together. And, you know, without the internet and without really knowing much about it, I mean, I didn't know for the longest time that Scorpions were German when I was a young kid. I didn't, I didn't know the germ, you know, uh, <laughs> well, I, I didn't, I mean, it's until you hear them talk on an interview on MTV and you're like, okay, these guys are clearly, you know, that deep German accents. You read but, Cla- the name Klaus didn't tip you off. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was like elementary school, and I'm like, okay, all uh, right, okay. Well, okay. and the thing, okay. I, I, and, and and I, it's funny too, because I grew up in Denison, Iowa, which um was over by Schleswig, Iowa, and Deloitte, Iowa, which was which was, which was a German farming community, pretty much. And we had kids; their names were freaking Klaus and other <laughs> German. We did, you know what I mean? That's probably why it didn't really raise a flag for me. We we did have kids with. With German names, so right on. But, I mean, Derek, Derek and I grew up pretty close to Amish country up here, so yeah, yeah. a lot of yeah. Isaac we had some Hezekiah. yeah Hezekiahs and Grable, <laughs> <laughs> Nicodemus, <laughs> Zebediah. Yeah, yeah. yeah do, you, do you think Zebediah would be listening, <clears throat> to, listening to British Steel? Why? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> depends. Wife. Depends on how old he was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's true because they get to they get to do that thing where they just go fucking bonkers for like yeah. a month, right? Oh, dude, yeah, think about they get, they get to go nuts for uh, for like a year and then decide what they uh, what they want to do after that. It's a whole year, I think so. Oh yeah. my god, Rumspringa is what yeah, Rumspringa. Yep. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. That's All right. What it's called? Rumspringa, more like rump shaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The the girls, the girls, and the guys both they get to, they get to just go fucking bananas. <laughs> they call it stink finger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's terrible. But anyway, yeah, I had no I had no clue that except and you know um scorpions um and those bands were I just thought they were from over there somewhere you know. Okay. Yeah. It's a, I yeah. Mean, it's all that's fun. the way that's the way we were too though. We didn't we, we didn't have any idea where any of these guys were from. They sang in English, so we were like they might, they're just from the states exactly. somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. I think the the funniest still one of the funniest like metal clichés is it is amazing what German dudes think sounds totally metal in English. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've, have you ever really looked at the lyrics to balls to the wall mm, i've i've heard it numerous times and uh well the, the, was there a line where he says let's stick a bomb in their ass Does he, he say says let's plug a bomb in everybody's ass yeah they can't keep us alive <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, okay. uh, yeah, because Derek, Derek and I, we Derek, did you was it you and I that we accept uh, came up in that class of '85 episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, uh, just Udo, man, just Udo. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was like that stinky kid. No one wanted to show up, but he always did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or that, or that kid you invited over because he had like the cool transformers. 
And then when he came over, <laughs> he, you, you, yeah. you didn't you didn't play with him. You played with his toys. Yeah, and, and then you, you know somehow try to con him out of him before he left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, I, yeah. I'll give you this. I'll give you this beat up. You know, Pete Pete Rose. You know, <laughs> Pete Rose, not a rookie copy. I got a He Man with a Beast Man arm on it for some reason. For that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll trade you that. I'll trade you that for your sound wave. Like, <laughs> but but he really wants you to like him, so he went ahead and did it, and then right. then his mom gets mad at you, and, and then calls yeah, your mom, and then and they, calls, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants yeah. his sound wave back, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, like, yeah. no, no way, mom, we traded fair, we <laughs> traded, yeah, yeah. We traded, it was a fair yeah. trade. That's probably how Udo became the Udo that we you know know and love. Look, you know, I, look, the, it is what it is. Udo's chubby. <laughs> it's not he's not just like overly chubby he's fucking clearly never worked out a day in his life <laughs> yeah that 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 camouflage but, but, but what is but, but, coming off of him but i mean what do we know about german culture you know what i mean we're we're ignorant to it like that might be like real desirable true you know, true that, that could be like they're like that is peak male performance Look, you know. I, I just don't understand how when we got to 1996 and Rob Halford was like, you know, I've always been a gay man. And and there were people that went, what? What? You know, like, <laughs> like, how, how did you not know that? Yeah. You know, how yeah. did do, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> He's literally has a writing crop. And he's <laughs> in a whip. <laughs> and he looks like the guy from Village People, you know. Yeah. And when, yeah, for real. Yeah. And like, because at a young age, I remember I, I love, you know, I had the Macho Man 45 single, you know, I loved it because, oh, he had a, he had a cop and an Indian and a, you know, and a, and a cowboy and a construction worker. They were like human action figures singing disco songs. There was, you know, it was awesome, you know. <laughs> and then, like, and then, like, my older that's, cousins were like, "That's that's, that's real, gay dudes," you know. And like, I th to me that they, they they screamed like I thought maybe there was going to be like Mattel action figures of all of them because they, you know, yeah. they. You that's know. a that is a missed opportunity. Fuck yeah, it would have been perfect. It would have sure. sold too because it was the seventies. Yeah. Oh, the only reason that didn't happen is because Neil Bogart didn't have enough didn't have enough blow that day. He just Probably. didn't. He didn't. You know. He didn't get to like tenth level cocaineification. Yeah, just what <laughs> he hadn't reached it there. Yeah, that was on the it was on the list for sure. He just didn't he like, didn't make it. You know, like there's there's another really great idea at the bottom of that pile. Yeah, <laughs> you got, first <laughs> you got to snort your way to it. <laughs> he got a phone call and couldn't didn't make it all the way. Yeah, down. he had something to do. He had to take care of something with Diana Ross. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. I. Look, do <laughs> is it worth talking about the, you know, kind of the the similarities between Udo and Rob? I mean, honestly, I always saw it, and you know what? To me, I saw uh, Udo looked like a chubby Rob Halford that sounded like Bon Scott and Benny Hill combined. Yeah. Yes. 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 Nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. Apt analysis. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I mean, because well, there's, so, there, 
there's yeah. sometimes there's sometimes there's sometimes I think like like because except like they don't get enough play here in the states, but they're fucking Foo Fighters huge in Europe. Okay, you know, they're enormous. Fast, they're enormous in Europe. Fast as a shark is to me sounds like what Bon Scott would sound like if he was in a speed metal band. Right. So uh, yeah. So I mean, I've I mean all day. Yeah, I well, I mean, wrestles some wild. That too, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Period. Yeah, he, he he was like a speed metal, like you know, is it, he he had a really good vocal range. You know what I mean? And he, I, I really feel that I think that there was some sort of a, a pressure to compete with Judas Priest. You know, I, I really think that like someone was trying to put them out there as the German Judas Priest. Is that the are are priests the high watermark? I I would say. I mean, oh. you know. You don't become the metal. Well, they, the metal Derek, I mean, Derek, you, I mean, yeah, you say, you, you say that with like no doubt in your mind, right? Yeah. But that's now. What, what mean, about, what about at, 30 at the years ago? Well, pro I don't know. Probably not 38 yeah, years I, ago. Well, that's, yeah. That's, that's hindsight. But yeah. Well, I think because they were, Priest was clearly ramping up at this point. They're out of their 20s. They're in their 30s mm -hmm. by now. And the Defenders of the Faith is coming fucking down the, you know, coming screaming down the barrel. You know, and we hit Defenders of the Faith and it just goes fucking supernova. You know, and with as big as you've got another thing coming was, did Defenders of the Faith sell more? And then Turbo after that? Because... Once the Defenders of the Faith touring cycle was over, they felt like, let's take a break. Then they could, they financially were, were good. Let's take some time off. You know, and grant, I mean, granted, all the horrible shit that happened during that break, obviously, Rob's boyfriend at the time committed suicide in front of him. Mm. You know, and then we get, we get the sort of like the turning point that is, turbo and the sort of different sound that we got out of it but i feel like with with screaming for vengeance and defenders of the faith you could see turbo coming you know in, in that regard but like just the turmoil that the band went through after this was ugh, you know ugly 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 and that's that's why rob ended up getting sober at that point because he was he, he literally watched his boyfriend commit suicide you know, and it sobered him up, you know, pun, you know, you know, double entendre there for a reason, you know, it's just everything changed by that point. But I think as far as like the arc of the band goes, though, 
it's interesting because they lightened up. They started lightening up on on Defenders of the Faith because that's how you get Love Bites, obviously. Yeah, and then Turbo after that, and Turbo was just full on fucking. Let's write some commercial pop metal, and then Ram It Down isn't heavy the way Painkiller is, but it's definitely not as poppy as what Turbo was. So you can see him coming back down. It's just it's real interesting because I think the the trajectory of the band Screaming for Vengeance is when they went kind of supernova. But you could also, like you could see Turbo coming, you could also see Screaming for Vengeance coming as well. Just by the, just the arc of the songwriting. Yeah, I mean, and if you if you look at it too, on the, uh, the, the tracks on Screaming for Vengeance, you've got um, uh, Riding on the Wind. That could very easily be a song um, that was written back in the same class era. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. and it's funny, and then you get like, you get Chains, and then you get Love Bites. I always thought that Love Bites was a good, dark, hard ballad. Love yeah. is in the words, but it's like, it was a tougher song, right? But I knew kids in, in school that were like, oh, Love Bites sucks. That's like a lame chick song. You know what I mean? Because it's Love Bites or whatever. <laughs> well, you know? I think the, the, thing about, the thing about Love Bites is like, we've joked about this on back episodes of the Music, the Lightblood podcast, because we did a Defenders of the Faith episode a long time ago. And the lyrical... <laughs> The lyrical subject matter of Love Bites, it's it's like, surprise, we're fucking. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> here I come. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think you, when, when you look back, though, uh, most of their songs are relationship songs. There's, there's tons of them. Oh, for tons sure. Of them. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, as far back as Rockarola too. Yeah. So for like like John said, somebody was like, "Oh, that's a that's a lame that's a lame like love song." Like if you look at the lyrics of a lot of them, they're relationship songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that the neat the neat thing too about this this period of the band is screen to me it's it's happening on point of entry. Um, Derek, are you familiar with point of entry? Uh, it, not by just you saying point of entry, but it's, it's, that, uh, it's, it's the album headed out to the highways on. Oh, okay. It's the album directly prior to screaming for vengeance. And it's always kind of the lost priest album because it, it gets kind of lost in the mix of British steel and screaming for vengeance. You know, it's just, those two albums are enormous and point of entry kind of gets swallowed up, but like, don't go on point of entry, like that's like a, the one night stand is over and I don't want you to leave the next Mm. one, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, Derek's right. It's all over the catalog. What's Mm -hmm. the, what's the song off of point of entry where the video has got the guys when they're, when they're working out, they're lifting weights. Hot rocking. Yeah. I fucking love that song. (laughs) That's like, Uh, it's like, it's like, it's such a, uh, very much, um, such such gay like undertones and overtones to that that I don't think Glenn and Kiki and them are aware that they're actually contributing to. I mean, you know? is it is it though? Because I I don't know if Glenn wrote the lyrics. Well, I mean, I'm talking it, about the I mean, video, the content of the video. Oh, just the video. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, dude. For a bunch of sweaty dudes with their shirts off, like, oh yeah, yeah, lifting <laughs> weights and like. I think that I think they're like bench pressing like 15 pounds or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they got guitars that are on fire. 
Oh yeah. You know, they're sweaty. Mm. They're, you know, it's pumping iron. You know, I dude, hot rocking is it's fucking hot. That's probably my favorite song on that whole album. I mean, I, it's it's it is an odd album. I, I showed you. I, I got that on vinyl um, a, a, a couple of years ago at a, at a flea market, and it had it had like the order form for like their merch and stuff like sure. that. It's got the original sticker, you know. And uh, I really tried to get into it, and I'm like, I just I you know I would I skipped around. It's one of those albums, you know. And I think it it's was, I that side one, side one, side one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, headed out to the highway. Um, uh, don't go, hot rocking, desert plains. Just oh, side one, man. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. You, they could have just released side one, and it would have been like this is one of the greatest pieces of music ever released. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's amazing. But you you listen to that, and then you listen to like. Uh, um, screaming for vengeance and it's just like how is this the same band you know or you know what i mean like i mean it's there's similarities obviously sonically but i mean it's just kind of like you know I, if i if i put out screaming for vengeance i want to be like hey, look, can we just go ahead and just just pretend that that uh you know point of entry didn't happen you know what i mean because <laughs> I, because it, i love it, point of entry well uh, honestly no you have to admit though it's just it's screaming for vengeance and e- even um even british steel completely buries that album it's just it's i don't know it's the sequencing or something about it i well i don't i don't think yeah sequencing for sure i think side two is i think side two opens with solar angels i think um which is actually a good song live actually live but that studio version is yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I, yeah. I think I think that's intentional because they, they they wanted to be able to do do what they want do what they originally wanted to do with it you know they live you know to kind of redeem well, there's that just, song. There's just some of the albums where I'm just constantly frustrated with Dave Holland's drumming. You know, or I, there's times where I'm like, just re-record it with Scott. Just I don't. Does, does he like Lars it on some of the shit? He's he's from that era. Like he played in Trapeze, man. Like that, eh, eh. Oh, oh trapeze with the uh, with with Glenn Hughes and yeah and those yeah, guys yeah okay. and that's not like it's like you know you know how like Triumph is like Dollar General Rush yeah <laughs> trapeze trapeze is like you know Clarence Outlet Triumph <laughs> oh wow and, like, and, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's that's Dollar Tree Triumph, and Triumph is Dollar General, and Rush is basically like you know uh, Walmart or or Sam's Club, like full on megalodon. Rush is Rush is Sam's Club for sure because they sure. <laughs> got to be prepared to like listen to Rush in bulk. You're gonna get too much Rush whether you want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't do it with rush man i cannot do it first three albums then i'm out first three albums and i'm out yeah. Yeah, i i've learned to appreciate it as as i've gotten older but but when i was younger i, I just couldn't it was just too much all the time mm, i think that synth. okay i really think that like judas priest is one of those bands when they did turbo they did the synth thing and yeah people shit on it but it was so tastefully done and perfectly put in there, you oh. know. And then you get bands like Rush, 
that brought in synthesizers and you're just kind of like, okay, that's when it got really nerdy, real fucking nerdy. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, man, just play your bass like a beast, like you do, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Alex Lifeson, you know, put way too many extra like effects on his guitars. And I don't give a shit what anybody says pre Neil Peart rush is my favorite. That original guy, he was a fucking like a John Bonham type player. Uh, he was awesome. Yeah. I fucking that first Rush album is hard as fuck. I love it. Yeah, Dad liked Working Man. I remember that. That's, yeah, oh, that, that song's so heavy. I love that song. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. our our dad. I can't. I I came home one day and he was like, "Hey, I heard a song I like." I was like, "Was he said it's called Working Man?" I'm like, "Rush? <laughs> is that what it was?" He was, it was like, yeah. "Yeah, I did. I don't know that. Do you know the name of the band?" I was like, "Dad, that's Rush," and like. I got curious about it, so I dove into that first album, and I'm like, yeah, it's great. I, I think it's great, but I just, just, can you pick a different singer? Yeah, that was when they went on tour with. They were on tour with Kiss on that on that first album. They were, yeah, you know, yeah. But uh, but I mean, yeah, and it's kind of like funny to segue back, like what was going on with Priest when you know when uh when Rush was getting up there. I think that the hard rock community got split in half around when 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 priest was doing screaming for vengeance rush was doing you know moving pictures like tom sawyer and everything sure. and i really kind of think that the guys that were like that grew up on priest you know in, in the 70s into the early 80s were like okay well now um you know now i'm in college or now i've got a real good job but i still like hard rock music so i'm gonna listen to rush and get into like the, the owner of a lonely heart era of yes and stuff like that because I mean, the early prog rock, I think, was very instrumental and worked with and complemented proto-metal and noabum and stuff like sure. that, you know? Sure. You know, Budgie, Yes, Rush, you know, like you said, Trapeze, which they were considered a, you know, progressive band to a certain degree, you know, because of who was in the band. But, I mean, you know, it's just it's just kind of funny how that, how that kind of goes. And then you get Screaming for Vengeance and like, oh, heavy metal is a thing. It's, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, uh, proggy, mm. eh. hit or miss, eh. you mm. know, yeah, I, I just, eh. I, yeah, I, I just, I'm not into it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not into it. I feel <laughs> like I just, I mean, Glenn Hughes has been in so many bands, but it just seems like it's so many bands. Nobody cares about, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, good, good for, good for you, man. I mean, you've had a career for not being ian gillen or david coverdale so yeah he's he's one of those guys that like he, he jumps in for yeah he jumps in for a little bit does some stuff and then leaves he did that in deep purple you know he did that yeah. in, in you know uh, black sabbath you know he fucking did it uh you know i mean his band uh california breed that he did and was he in black country communion with uh joe, uh, joe bonamassa as well oh I, I don't i don't know i know that he was doing the dead daisies a while ago no shit glenn hughes was in dead daisies I guess. Wow. It's, it's, it's <laughs> almost, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love his bass tone. I think he's got a great voice. He's super fucking talented, but he's never really stuck in anything for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, I just, yeah. I, I just like, just get Graham Bonnet to do it. Mm. You know, that's where I call the guys in Alcatraz, see what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel kind of shitty about it, but I'm all like, Alcatraz? Yeah. No, Ing Ingwei, okay. 
Derek, Derek, because you you're new to the album, so to speak. Did did you hear singles elsewhere in the album? Uh I don't I think maybe Riding on the Wind that that could have been a single for sure. Okay. Um I'm just so familiar with like the hits. So like they all stick out as you know what I mean? But I I, I did think that if you're talking about could this have been released as a single, that Riding on the Wind I think probably is one of those for sure. Right. And maybe even that Pain and Pleasure. That, mm-hmm. that I that I like so well for Derek, sure. Derek, you fucking loves that song. I do fucking love that song. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so neat when because Derek <laughs> Derek has a the the rhythm with Derek and I is that I'll show Derek something <clears throat> and he'll go uh uh-uh. yeah and, so fuck, and, fuck that it's noisy and then seven <laughs> years later he'll go oh yeah yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll call him up and say hey. Uh, what about this band? And, and Dustin was saying, "Yeah, uh, I told you about them like fucking five years ago." <laughs> and it's good that you could admit that too, because uh, I did. Well, it's <laughs> funny because I did it with a band. Like, a, a, there's a band called Gob. You know, um, I hear you calling, calling for me out in the night. I played him, played him them. They had a they had an album that came out in 2008 called uh, what is it? Muertos. Vivos Muertos, I don't know, something. Um, I played him that when it came out in 2008. He was like, not into it. And then like in my early 30s, you know, I play, I was like, <laughs> give these guys a shot. And he was all like, oh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to download that. <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to get it. And it's just funny because like, it's like, it's like, Derek, I'm what, 41 now? Derek's 46 or 47 or whatever it is. And like, he still fucking does it. <laughs> and it's funny because like about two, about two years ago, I was like, Gorgoroth, you know, I, I showed him Instinctus Bestialis and I was like, check that out. And he went like, man. So I, that means I got about another four years. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to be able to get him to start biting off on black metal. <laughs> so. uh, we have to you have to remember my my personality. Like I'll, I'll latch on to something, especially when it comes to music. Like I'll get in a groove with what sound that I like at the time. Right. Yeah. And and I'll just obsess about it for a while, and then I'll wear myself out on it. And I got to go find something new. Well, most of the time I go I go I recall those conversations, or I'm looking for something. I'll say, uh, that sounds familiar for some reason. And it's because you told me about it five fucking years ago. <laughs> well, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm I think, ready well, I'm ready. I think it's I think it's awesome because he Carter he went through a pop punk phase. Did you now? He, he, <laughs> yeah. he went through he went through a phase where he was like the Lillingtons. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I want I want every Lillington song now. Well, yeah, I, I think sometimes you're in a mood for something because yeah. I, I, I was telling my wife the other day, I, I was just kind of like, I'll get into something and then it sends me down a rabbit hole for more stuff just like it, yeah. you know? And I've noticed that my general rabbit hole um, stay will be about three months on something. Sure. And then when I'm in there, something in that rabbit hole will trigger me to something else. And then I'm on this other phase. Meanwhile, I still like all that other stuff, but like I'll hear something for the first time. And I'm like, just like, you know, with Derek, like you weren't really in the mood to hear it then. Yeah. yeah. And then you hear it, you know, yeah. and it's funny that you guys are having this conversation. Cause that's exactly what happened with me with Judas priest. 
like I got into them, like really sort of like really interested and really intrigued and enjoying it more about five or six years ago than when I was a casual fan, you know, since, since middle school, you know? Right. Yeah. Sure. And so now it's like, I, I get it. Cause, cause my whole thing was growing up. Okay. There's a bunch of metal bands. There's a bunch of thrash bands. There's a bunch of death metal bands. There's a bunch of classic metal bands. There's some bands that are considered rock and roll that they considered metal. There's some bands that are considered metal that some consider rock and roll, whatever. Right. So when I, I've been a big motorhead fan for a long time, but I've really only been a big motorhead fan for about, I don't know, maybe the past like 10 or 15 years. And I got into Judas Priest through Motorhead. Like I heard something that Judas, oh, I heard a Judas Priest really? song. Yeah. I heard a Judas, no, I have always known about Judas Priest, obviously, but like I got into wanting to explore Judas Priest because I heard a Priest song that reminded me of something off of Overkill. What was by, it? By Motorhead. Um, I want to say it was, it, oh, it was, uh, it was something off, off of Hellbent for Leather. Uh, it was, uh, Delivering the Goods. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. You're good. Yeah. No, that, that was the fucking song, dude. Like, that's why, pe- that's why people pay me on the internet to yeah. talk about music. Your only fans <laughs> is you just talking to, to talking about music. Yeah. Look at dust, dust and muscles on only fans. I know. But, right? Yeah. But no, but yeah. I, no, just, just real quick, because I'm <laughs> thinking about starting a music, the Lightblood only fans. That'd be awesome. And it's just going to be me holding records, covering my junk. There you go. I and like it. If you guys take it, it's the meal guys, ticket. If you guys want to get in on it, you don't, you don't know that that, that will actually, that would actually work. You, I, it would. Yeah. I, <laughs> and you know we, we have a patreon we could actually do an only fans and post episodes on the only fans <laughs> and people would it doesn't matter dude P- Pornhub has a record label now uh, you know i so, mean let's do it let's do it absolutely <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't we discuss doing things through Pornhub at one point in time we did it did come up yes <laughs> one of my yeah. one of my, my numerous fits of rage at youtube yes it did come up <laughs> and like, look, I'm not, look, I'm not make. I'm not going to make any bones about it. Pornhub has a very friendly content maker algorithm. Mm-hmm. So if we tag all of our stuff with hairy bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're in, we're it, in. it, it is what it that's is. That's a ton of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Delivering the goods. Um, I just, I heard it like just in passing. I think, I think it was like on Sirius XM or something. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, because I was delving into the earlier Motorhead stuff, right. you know, like Bomber and, um, and, and, and Overkill and, and that. And because I, I was already into like We Are Motorhead, um, Inferno and all that stuff. And of course I knew about, you know, Ace of Spades and, um, you know, all, all that, the classic stuff. But so I kind of delved back into the kind of like the proto metal, kind of like the very MC5 influence sort of sure. stripped down sure. motorhead stuff. And then I'm like, I'm like delivering, I'm, I'm just like, and I remember I always liked Hellbent for Leather. And then I got into Hellbent for Leather and then I, I bought, um, actually I bought this, um, I got this at Best Buy about seven or eight years ago. It's like, it's, um, it is, a diff- uh, it's, well, wait, hold on. Uh, it's got Screams of Vengeance in it are those um, cd are they cds yeah, the cds slipcase cds yeah um this is in there okay. and the live album which completely fucking rules 
Um, and uh, British Steel. Real, real quick, real quick. The Pink the live color. album. What's the what's the track listing on the live album? Is Starbreaker okay. is Starbreaker on it? Okay, it's, it's uh, side one. Exciter, Running Wild, Sinner, The Ripper, Green Man Alishi, Diamonds and Rust. Oh, I, 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 this is a CD, children. Only one side. I'm I, mean, well, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I've got it on vinyl too. But yeah, okay. Exciter, Running Wild, Sinner, The Ripper, Green Man Alishi, Diamonds and Rust, Victims of Changes, Genocide, Tyrant. And the bonus tracks are Rock Forever, Delivering the Goods, Hellbent for Leather, and Starbreaker. Yep. Okay. So that, that, that's a really, really interesting collector's, um, uh, kind of like, uh, point of interest. Um, I have a version of this album that you get the 12 inch, you get side one and two, and then you get an additional seven inch. Oh, sick. With, uh, with those bonus four songs that you were, that you just read off. Starbreaker was one of them. It's a really fascinating way of doing things. It's mm -hmm. it's it's the only album like that I have in my collection. It's just so strange that they just stuck a seven inch in a sleeve on the inside of it with the twelve inch. It's just so weird. But mine's mine's a ja is a it's a Japanese copy of it. Um, it doesn't have an obi, so I don't mm. know if, I don't know if it came with it or not. But it's a really really interesting release to get a hold of. This one actually came came with a. Uh... A two song, two song single for Redeemer of Souls and March of the Damned. Oh, cool! Um, that came in it too. So it's, I mean, I thought it was badass. I got it for like nine ninety nine at, at Best Buy before they stopped selling CDs or whatever. That's awesome. But yeah, I, I actually, I've, I've bought a couple of records in the past. Uh, I've got a Backyard Babies Total Thirteen comes with a full length and a seven inch that's got their cover of uh, Babylon by Faster Pussycat on it. And um, I've got, ah, you know, oh, dude. Faster Pussycat all day. Fuck, fuck yes. I'm I'm telling you, dude. It's Derek, so it, you, you, you got to see him, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I got to see them and um LA Guns too. I saw them with Kiss. The uh my first concert ever was uh Slaughter opened up and then Faster Pussycat and then Kiss. And it this was like the Wake Me When It's Over era of Faster Pussycat. And they were fucking huge right there. And that album was good as fuck too. And it was before they did all the funk stuff on Whip to the next album. But yeah, dude, I mean, dude, Faster Pussycat. It's funny, people clown on Faster Pussycat and they don't understand how Aerosmith that band was. They were just like sleazy, awesome, like heroin gypsy type music. And LA Guns too, man. I fucking absolutely love that band, you know? And, you know, I mean, you got Tracy Guns who clearly listened to KK and Glenn, you know? He's fucking, he's, he's always been a sick fucking guitar. He's a, He's a shredder fucking guitar player. When yeah. did you see L.A. Guns, Derek? Uh, I'm pretty sure that was um, that was in the 90s at some point. Matter of fact, they opened up for somebody, and I, I cannot remember, <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but they opened up for for somebody. Did Did Faster Pussycat open up for Crew? Was it Doctor Feelgood? Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly. I think that's exactly who it was. Okay. Oh man, because so that it was. It that would have been it was when they were they were really pushing poison ivy at that point. Yes. Right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> poison ivy. Yeah, that, that was actually uh, right. That was the tour right before um, Kiss Hot in the Shade tour because uh, they uh, Faster Pussycat jumped off of the um, the uh, Doctor Feelgood tour and jumped onto the Hot in the Shade tour with Slaughter and Kiss. Mm. Oh no, kidding! A three bill. Yeah. 
Yep, yep, yep. Really? Yep. That's a weird lineup. Dude, every every time I every time I saw Kiss in the early nineties, it was it was the fir- first time it was Slaughter, Faster Pussycat, and Kiss, and then it was Slaughter Winger and Kiss, and then Great White Trickster and Kiss. So Derek saw Derek Trickster. Derek saw Kiss on Crazy Nights. That was with News. That was right? with Ted Nugent. Yeah. Ugh, okay. I bet Nuge would have was better than them that night. Fine. He was way fucking better than them that night. Way yeah. better. Yeah. They were they were not having a good time on that tour. <laughs> Anthrax tour uh opened <clears throat> for him on a on a leg of that tour as well. Really? Yep. Anthrax and Kiss. hundred percent. So that's post Among the Living? It was the Among Among the Living uh or was was, it? It was oh shit! You know what? It was it was between Among the Living and State of Euphoria, because okay. if you've ever seen, um, actually, I've got it right here. The um, Anthrax Oid of Nicofessin, um, they're interviewing uh, Charlie Benante, and he's standing backstage, and you can see the gigantic fucking um, Crazy Nights uh, Kiss logo behind him. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I bet that was interesting. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it was those guys were happy as shit because Anthrax were huge fans. How Derek? How was how was Faster Pussycat live? Good. They were real good. They were. I I, I would probably put. I said this before. There's there's two bands I remember seeing live that sounded just better than anyone I'd ever seen live. Cinderella was the best live band I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Godsmack is super super close to them live. I'll ignore that. And, yep. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was just maybe it was just that Car- show. <laughs> Carter Carter just took a swipe at you from states away. <laughs> That's all right. I I like Godsmack. I don't fucking care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. So, but fa- a, Pussycat, a, they were they were they were they were, they were they were great. They were great. Yeah. I would. I I I've I don't think I've. There's there's so many bands in like that later second and third wave of the the 80s metal, hair metal, whatever you want to call it. Like there's just so many bands where I was like, no, I'm not doing Dude, that. Dude, I swear to God, the, the the self-titled Faster Pussycat album, um it it's it's a for knowing your musical taste, it's a fucking must have, dude. It mm. is such a fucking good album. It's just don't... it's yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man, like and then you know, and it kind of, kind of baffles me a little bit that you, you that you're not into at least the first three albums of from Wasp. No, no. Wasp, Wasp is so fucking good. great. How do you not yes, fuck with were. Wasp, dude? You, you you don't even know, dude. Like, oh, Electric Circus, that album's amazing. The self titled is fucking amazing. Look, um, look, okay, look, you're gonna piss me off. Why? Because <laughs> you don't like Wasp. It's Wasp's fault. Look, okay, here's it's the same thing with Rush. It's the same thing with Rush. Every time I listen to Wasp, I remember why I don't listen to Wasp. Because he sounds like Bonnie Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're you're in the ballpark for sure. (laughs) I just can't, man. I can't. It's like kryptonite. Like Mm. it's it's just like I'm don't do it, Blackie. I, I don't know. Neil before Zod is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't do it, man. I think mm. it's 
I think it's because I no, I know what it is. I know exactly what it is because it's blind in Texas. And I remember hearing Blackie I go, fucking love that but, song. <laughs> I remember hearing Blackie go, what? But I don't want to go home. And I just remember that was that to me, that's that sounded like a, a like a, a petulant little child going, no. Oh, you're right. That ad lib is terrible. He's like, he's, am I supposed to get on my horse and go all the way back to LA? Yeah. And it's, it's it's like it's it's one of the most it's like it's the most throwaway part of that song. But dude, like I, I don't know. It's just it's it's just so strange because everything that that I'm that I at least I'm aware of that, that you like about um, 80s era hard rock and heavy metal, for lack of a better way to, to describe it. Why would you not enjoy Wasp? It is so strange. No, I'm not doing it. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to Chris to Chris Holmes. That's what it is. Yeah, well, he's allergic I'm, to alcohol, so <laughs> I mean, you know, clearly it, uh, it, it has adverse effects on him physically and mentally. Oh my god! Yeah, but he I mean, oh, that's a that's a hot mess. Wasp is terrible. Mm. <laughs> we're gonna fucking ignore that but okay yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> choosing to i mean but you know what though like uh there's so um, look look i okay i'm going to defend my honor somebody's not because, to. <laughs> because <laughs> wasp is bad and that's that is that is where I'm at. I'm definitively say, definitively saying Wasp is not good. Go listen to Dawkins instead. Oh, I mean, there's definitely you know Dawkins, you know, greater than Wasp, you know, easily. You know, that's 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 a, that's that's a hard given, simply because that's just, no, yeah, no one no one's going to argue with that one. Yeah, well, I mean, the, okay. Blackie had a hard time keeping a solid lineup. He actually, so much to the point where he switched from guitar to bass because he couldn't fucking find a solid bass player. Back, he, back to guitar. Yeah, numerous times. Yeah. You know, and at one point in time, uh, people said when you, there, somebody, I don't know if Kiss and Wasp played together, but somebody from some other big 80s band said he walked into a room where Gene Simmons was on one side of the, the, the open floor arena and Blackie was on the other and those two did not, they tried the heart. They didn't acknowledge each other because like, apparently like, you know, Blackie's ego is even bigger and out of control, more out of control than jeans. Okay. You know, that's, that's just, that's just kind of, you know, what, I, you know, what I've heard there. And uh, yeah, I mean, he had, he had Steve Riley from LA guns in the band at one point. Oh, he's, had, he's had, he's everyone has been in that band. He's had like, uh, the guy, uh, <laughs> Uh, Frankie Benali played drums. Yeah, yeah, it's like fucking Deep Purple. Like, and that, to, like, when there's bands that turn over musicians that much, I usually like. I'm a, I I can separate art from artist. I'm totally, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm a Kiss fan. I think a lot of the dudes in Kiss, not all the dudes, but a lot of the the guys in Kiss are absolute cock diggers. But I love Kiss. Yeah, you know, like I love. I can I can separate art from artist. Like. That that part that part doesn't bother me. It's just like it's like please just don't play those songs. You know. <laughs> well, I think what, one of the things that did it for me. I had seen an interview one time with Blackie, and he he had talked about how 
like this isn't serious. Like he knew how theatrical it was and, and he didn't, he didn't take a lot of the content serious either. I mean, it was, it was theatrics. Most, yeah. Yeah. Shit I mean, was theatrics. I mean, that whole, that whole Los Angeles scene is that way. A lot of it's yeah. tongue in cheek kind of stuff. And I'm cool with that. I just think their songs are mostly terrible. Well, okay. So you, the well, thing, I think the, it's, I think it's a the content of their songs is not something that that you personally are ever going to latch on to. So I, I think that maybe that's some of the reason why you don't like them as much. It, it was a, it was like let's let's fuck some chicks and drink and I mean that's that was a lot of the content. I mean yeah, but like I was just listening to Ministry Just One Fix, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> but it's a different it's it, it's also a different style of music too. I mean, you're you're kind of talking about it's almost like a southern rock metal kind of a feel, and I don't think that that's sure. ever kind of been your your gig at all. I mean, other than COC, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what, just uh, Derek, you touched on a really good point. I think the I think someone could have an aversion to Wasp because. If Blackie says that in his interview, he's saying, yeah, I was essentially just kind of doing some shit that I thought could get me rich. You know, because I I, I saw this was going on. Okay, Motley Crue was doing the blood and and the, you know, and the ambiguous to obvious and then blatant Satanism. And then they were singing songs about, you know, fucking women and then be, you know, being aggressive with women and then doing drugs. Let me go ahead and put all that in my music and do that yeah. too. And I'm going to have a revolving door of employees that work for Wasp Co. And uh, we're going to put out these Wasp albums, Co. you know, <laughs> and it's funny because I noticed he always had dudes like he had like three black haired guys and one blonde guy, three ba- black haired yeah. guys, yes. and one blonde guy, you know? Yeah. So, it was like and, the formula. Yeah. yeah. And then you listen to like Blackie's voice. And I mean, really it's, I could see how it could be annoying to some, but honestly, it's really fucking good, Derek. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, he, he just, he had such a strong voice, but the thing of it is, it's almost kind of over the top for the type of music that he's doing. You know sure. what I mean? So if, if there was, if there was more of like, let's say, you know, talking about uh, um, Faster Pussycat, if you had more of a, like a, a Tamey Down or a, uh, or a uh, Steve Riley, the singer from uh, no wait, who the, the singer from LA Guns, whatever his name is, um, uh, like like that kind of voice, where it's like a little more of a sassy, sleazy kind of vocal in it. But he almost kind of had, like I said, a very Bonnie Tyler sort of like you know that rasp that raspy. Almost, yeah, it was it was it was kind of like if 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 you took uh, Janis Joplin and said, hey, do something that's kind of like really aggressive, like Priest or Maiden. You know what I mean? And so you've had this, but it's in a weird way at a young age, I would listen to Wasp and compared to a lot of other stuff, there was something that sounded very, I mean, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really know the term, but very kind of corporate rock about his vocals. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you know what I mean? Cause he, he almost kind of had like, he had, he had a strong, strong voice, but to, for some weird, weird reason to me, I would think of his vocals and Michael Bolton's vocals in the same realm because it was just something about it. It was like very like you took the voice and put it on top of the music. It wasn't the guy playing guitar and singing part of it. It's just like, you have all this music that, okay, yeah, maybe some random dudes played it and they just stick this voice on top of it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, it felt very manufactured. 
So Wasp, to a certain degree, compared to a lot of these other bands, did come off kind of manufactured. Um, you know what I mean? Because they didn't, they, they weren't, you know, uh, hanging out at, you know, at, 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 you know, at the at the cat house and at the whiskey with everybody or whatever. I see Blackie as a kind of guy that went there by himself and goes, okay, what's everybody else doing? I want to do I that just, too. I, I just, it's like. He sounds like a Dollar General version of Naughty Hotter from. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a very good comparison from from Slade. Yeah, yeah from I Slade. Like I just or like just a more a higher pitch Kevin Dubrow maybe. And I'm just not into it. Something about his vocals. I yeah. know it's I know it's Blackie's vocals. 100%. Yeah, you know Blackie's vocals. And and, and I, I I could I could see that too. But like with I guess. What to me, they were the band that like they were the soundtrack to certain things that happened to me in my life when I was growing up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, the song <clears throat> Fuck Like a Beast. I remember like getting into like some kid's car and he's got the cassette with the fucking like the uh the, the cod piece with his hand over the the U right. on the thing. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, you got the Fuck Like a Beast EP. You know, you weren't supposed to have that. Just like we said on the Motley Crue episode, you know, the kids that had the fucking like the the shout of the, the kid that was getting into shout at the devil wanted right. wasp because oh we are satan's people we are sexual perverts or whatever the hell st- stood for you know right. so to me it was in that same in that same whole cluster of super scary you know 80s bands we weren't supposed to listen to so i loved them for that and ah. I, and i and i still carried carried that with me and then when i found out that he was in london with you know with with nikki six and nikki. all those other guys from la it was just kind of yeah. like so I don't know, man. I just, but it's weird. It's, it's, it's so, so schizophrenic. I completely agree with you, Dustin. I see your angle, but I still love the band. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm, I'm kind of mad at Derek about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be there for Christmas. <laughs> hey, okay. So is Wasp, <laughs> is Wasp the, 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 the band? In the yeah. 80s, the band in the 80s horror movie that's playing at the club while the murderer is chasing the guy through the LA club. Are like, they the, the generic I, band that's on stage? I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about was Armored Satan Hellraiser 3. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they can, it's, they can, it's, it's either Wasp or fucking Firehouse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 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 you would say that Wasp Don't treat me bad, dude. You know what though? Like, um, I don't know. I, I I could get I could get into Firehouse. They're actually from North Carolina. Oddly, enough. that was th- that was some manufactured shit for mm-hmm. sure. Wasp, they, had, or, they had they had flannels. Yeah, yeah. that that, that band, those kinds of them and fucking Trickster and Britney Fox. Those motherfuckers were all. Some guy was like, "Hey, people are making a lot of money with this stuff. We got, <laughs> we got to get some dudes that look like this." Yeah, it yeah, was funny. Out. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were like metal boy bands, is what they were. Mm-hmm. Nelson, That's exactly oh, what Brit- they were. Oh yeah, Nelson, Britney Fox yeah. for sure. Now, oh Nelson, yeah, yeah. You know, Nel- Nelson were um, were they Donnie and Marie's kids? No, no they're no, Ricky Rick Nelson. Oh, Ricky Nelson. Yeah. Wait, Donnie and Marie are brother and sister, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not to say they don't have children together. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> you know, they are Mormons. <laughs> Mormon people have to make children. It's in the Bible. Yep. Oh, uh, that's too much. 
But th- it's funny though that you, that you talk about because we okay because you can very well you know what I think that Wasp could have been the beginning of that manufactured L.A. thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, th- this this is working. Let's do more of that. Because what's funny that what you said about like uh, Firehouse, like wearing flannels at one era. They were wearing like the silk shirts and the big teeth yes. hair. Then the yes. next album, they had straight hair and flannels. Yep. <laughs> you know, and but I, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is Dave Mustaine for MTV Choose or Lose. You know, that whole era, <laughs> just that era, that time. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, aren't you the Holy Wars guy? And you're, you <laughs> were voting for Bill Clinton. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and now he's doing like, jujitsu and on? reading scripture. You know, oh, yeah. Good. yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. we got we got to circle back around to Judas Priest because I can't we can't call it a, a Judas Priest episode if we don't you know ra- at least wrap it up on a Judas Priest. We were getting there. <laughs> I mean, get you know by way of me hating Blackie Lawless. So it's <laughs> good stuff. All right, all right. So screaming for vengeance. Yeah. I got the order for him, by the way. I think I do too. In mine, um, yeah, I, I think I got yeah. In mine, I've got that, and I, I got the order for him in my um, point of entry, I believe, as well. I think. Let me see here. Yeah, fuck yeah, I got it. I, I, let's 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 compare it real quick, Justin. See if it's, see if it's the same ones, because I love these things. I love when that record has this shit. Is this the one you got? Yep. Sick. Yeah, it's yeah. the same one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna order an eight dollar Raglan uh, jersey <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, ten dollars for a T-shirt. Oh wait, wait, thirteen plus one dollar for shipping and handling. Wow, that would be, that oh, that would have been overpriced for that time. I know. I wonder if the address still works. Yeah, I'm gonna send. It's you know, I'm not gonna do that. When you but shit, you, when you shit, if you put like a money order in and mailed it away and like <laughs> a t-shirt shows up. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your order, John. Yeah, thanks for your order. <laughs> you know, dude, Rob Halford is so fucking cool that he would honor that. You know what I mean? He would just be like, oh, I got this thing in the mail. I'll, I'll go ahead and see what I got laying around and, <laughs> and send, send it to him, you know? Rob, if he, Rob, I feel like with Rob is very like. He's very domesticated. Like if you look at his Instagram, yeah, because he's like, I'm gardening. Yep. No, <laughs> like on his, it is the. It's just so strange. Like if Rob was like, oh, I feel bad about not having the poster. Mm-hmm. So here's a box of cookies, John. Thanks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, Thanks, XO XO Rob. <laughs> he's such a dude, man. And like, did you uh that that whole that thing I posted a while back when uh he was um. Uh, okay. Sebastian Bach was on a podcast and, uh, one of the guys, really good comedian. I'm a big fan of, um, made some joke and it was kind of like, okay. Oh yeah. 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 They're going to make a gay joke. And he was just kind of like, and the guy, uh, he asked Sebastian Bach, he goes, so yeah, you've you've worked with, uh, Rob Halford. He goes like this. So does he have any, you know, what do you do for vocal warmups? Uh, um, Sebastian, he said, whatever. And then he goes, um, well, does you know does Rob have any any special like you know uh, secret tactics like uh, like gargling cum or whatever? And and uh, Sebastian Bach got pissed. He's like, "Fuck, man! It's always got to be like this." Da 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 da. Whatever. Yeah. And so then they interview Rob Halford a week later, and Rob thought it was fucking hilarious. And he goes, he goes, "But the one thing you don't realize, I don't gargle. I swallow." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and so Rob Halford like became uh, another level of metal god right there because he's right. just a fucking man. But he you posted, know? did you see that picture he put on his Instagram a couple weeks ago of him and just it was just chaps and nothing else underneath? Yeah. Like with his he had his ass out. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because you look in the comments and Richie, the guitar player from Priest, was like, bro, next tour, do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and Rob Rob commented on it. It was something to the effect of I'm I'm 70 years old, no more fucks to give. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, that's that's great. That is absolutely amazing. I think that the the neat thing about Rob is that he's so British. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's so like everything about Rob is so British, but at the same time, like it's nice that he, he has a sense of humor out in the open like that. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes, you know, it's hard for sometimes guys from that generation. Like it's hard to get Paul Stanley to crack a joke, you know? Mm, yeah. It's, they're there. Sometimes they can be uber serious about stuff and it's just, it's just too much sometimes. I, I mean, I, I really think, I mean, hands down, he could probably be the coolest and most like, relaxed like rock idol that there is you know sure, what i mean sure like, yeah. because and 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 i think i, I mean you know this is going to sound kind of cliche but i really think that after he came out and did did his project called two and did fight and did yeah. halford he got a lot of shit out of his system and he's probably you know he's in a good place in his life right now you know oh, for sure for sure and he's just like yeah. he goes yeah. i got i got no reason to you know to stress out about anything. I'm fucking, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. And, he, yeah. and, you know, and, and it's like, and I think he's realized that his fans accept him for who he is, you know, whether it's the gay thing or whether it's him just hanging out like in, in pajamas on Instagram, you know, with his cat, you know what I mean? It's just kind of yeah. like, he's, he's awesome. I mean, if, if you're going to idolize anybody as like a, you know, a, a metal singer or whatever, like he's a great example of kind of how to live your life, you know, not is to he- sound corny. Is he is he the one? You guys think? I, I mean, really, first metal singers. Yeah, I I would arguably yes, he is the one mm-hmm. for sure in the in the in the in the top five or or even top three. Sure, sure. I think for me, it's a triangle. It's Ronnie, Bruce, Rob. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. It's, it's the uh, what are you doing, Carter? What the fuck's going on? Showing off, showing off your gear. No, I, I got a, I got a phone call, and I. Oh, uh, okay. And it, but yeah, but uh, behold, Every, everybody, everybody got a good look at your stack. Oh! <laughs> 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 Looks Tech- incredible. Technology, uh, but, but yeah, I think I think it's Ronnie, Bruce, and Rob, and I think I think it's Rob at the top. Yeah, you know, as hard it's. I mean, who else would it be? There, yeah. there's uh, there's nobody there there's well there's, there's a I, I think there's other super great voices but it, as far as th- this particular style of music rob is number one i i would say i mean yeah i don't it's rob like it's rob yeah um, there there's other people we could talk about maybe on another on another show but but yeah he's uh he's the one i think that everyone else would say that's that's who they they would think that 
I mean, if you ask you ask Bruce who who who's number one, he's going to say, "Oh, it's Rob." Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, Ron. I mean, it's, it just sucks because Ronnie passed away. It's just sad. Okay. All right. Before we wrap it up, you guys want to go to a comment? Yeah. Let's do that real quick. I think I've found the. Yeah, I I think I've found one of the greatest I've ever seen. It's time to look at some comments. Okay, so this was under a live performance of You've Got Another Thing Coming. Uh, this is by check out this name. It's by somebody named Danzig McNaniel. <laughs> Which I mean, killing it already. I think it's yeah. just amazing. All right, okay. So Halford may be my all-time favorite, ruthless, honey dicking, master of my own destiny sort out there. Which yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't Ruth, argue with that. <laughs> ruthless honey dicking master of my own destiny. <laughs> uh okay, he figured out how to be simultaneously simultaneously surrounded and worshipped by eager young men, constantly be a leather daddy and get paid hand over fist in heavy metal and he happened to be surprisingly good at it. The world needs more like him. Wow, that's that's like the ultimate sign off right there. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, master of my own <laughs> ruthless honey dicking master of my own destiny. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's not my favorite comment ever, you know, cause we all know my favorite comment is that it's, uh, um, I screenshot, uh, uh, it was from the Danzig when you call on the dark video and Glenn is, writhing around on the stage in the bondage outfit yeah and there's a part where he kind of rolls over onto his stomach and his jeans are torn at, <laughs> at at his butt so you can see his butt cheek and the con and in the comments said danzig butt cheek ftw <laughs> 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 or I think it was dancing butt cheek for the win FTW. So I don't know. I don't know if it was supposed to be for the win or fuck the world. I kind of want it to be fuck the world because <laughs> dancing butt cheek, fuck the world. That's the most amazing thing that works for me. It's ever been on the internet. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Favorite, favorite song, Derek. Uh, it's my new favorite song, pain and pleasure. Okay. Carter electric eye. God damn it. It's it's a it's a almost like perfectly written song. I I mean it is. I'm not gonna. My I think my I think today it's Devil's Child because the the breakdown section in the middle of it is just oh my god, it's so staggeringly good. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. It's a great song, but I I like the live version on that album better. Oh, than, did you than uh, the studio you, version? Okay, so you were you were listening to the remaster version then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you took my heart and blow to smithereens. Just, it's incredible. The high note and Bloodstone. Bloodstone's good. That weird, awesome. 
circular riff thing that they have going on. But all right. Screaming for vengeance. You guys want to do the outro? Sure. <laughs> I don't, we're all hesitant on the outro now. So. <laughs> I'll take the first line. Carter takes the second. Derek will take the third. How about that? Is that working? Okay. okay. Cool, all right. Cool. So, all right. That's another episode of Music the Lightbloods, Conversations from the Pit, Rapping, Music the Lightblood. Something old? Something new. What are you listening to?